Restaurant Unstoppable, episode 179. Are you ready for it? Factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then, join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. Yo, what is going on, all you unstoppable restaurant professionals? This is Eric Cacciatore, and you are listening to the podcast for personal growth in the restaurant industry. And we do it by taking the advice, listening to the stories of some of the most successful restaurant professionals out there. It's Thursday, which means it's Authority Thursday, and we have quite the authority here for you today. Uh, Misty Young of Squeeze In. Uh, we, this is like the week of Misty Young. Uh, on Tuesday, I went over her book, Rags to Restaurants, and kind of just gave you the seven takeaways, you know, what you're going to get out of that book if you read it. And today, we're going to dive into one of those chapters, chapter three. We're going to be talking to Misty. And uh, this chapter to me, what was significant about this chapter was that we all fall out of love with our restaurant at some point. Like, you know, things get crazy. You get into that grind day in and day out. And it's easy to start to resent your restaurant. Uh, But we all get into those troughs, those lulls, and we can get ourselves out of them. Um, And that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. The the things you can do to get yourself out of that trough, that that low in your life if you're struggling, uh, and to help you get grateful and to remind you why you love this industry so much. So with that said, we can dive into it, sit back, relax, and enjoy my conversation with Misty Young. Here it is. <laughs> With excitement, allow me to introduce to you today's guest, Misty Young. Misty, are you feeling unstoppable today? <laughs> I always feel unstoppable. I got to tell you, it would really and truly take a freight train coming at me full speed ahead to stop me. <laughs> I am on track. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so Misty is a repeat guest here at Restaurant Unstoppable and is the owner of, I believe it's five now, correct me if I'm wrong. Yes, five restaurants in uh, Northern California and Northern Nevada, and we've just expanded our franchise. I mean, we completed the franchise brand, and uh, we just sold our first eight units. Not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, not six, not seven, but eight. Bam, done, just like that. That is awesome. And in addition to her restaurant, (laughs) she is running MistyYoung.com, where she she consults, and she's the author of Rags to Restaurants, which is what we're going to be talking about today, that book. After you're on the show the first time, you sent me a copy of your book, signed copy. Thank you very much. And I dove into it, and this book was awesome. Um, And I was trying to think of ways to describe this book, Misty. And I think, you know, the, the book... Setting the Table is mentioned so many times on the show as a must-read. And that book is really good about talking about how important hospitality is and what hospitality is and the, the different levels of enlightened hospitality. But what your book does is gives you the mindset to be hospitable and to have gratitude mm-hmm. and puts you in the right place to, to use. I think you should read Misty's book from Rags to Restaurants before ever reading Setting the Table, personally. That's my piece of advice. But 
Um, I want to nice. talk. <laughs> well, first we should get the motivational, inspirational ball going before we dive into what we're going to be talking about today. And instead of having you share one, Missy, I'm going to share a quote from your book, and that is okay. And these are Misty's words. I believe love coupled with action is the quintessential secret recipe in business success. What is, mm-hmm. talk to us about that quote. Oh my gosh. Well, if you, you know, it's funny because people say you've heard this idea of, you know, go find what you're passionate about and then do that. This is what everybody says. Go find what you're passionate about and then do that. And you'll never work another day in your life. Well, what I, that's backwards as far as I'm concerned, because most people then say, I mean, how many people have you heard say, oh, well, I'm trying to find my passion. I am not real sure what I'm passionate about. Go get good at something. Mm. And then once you get good at something, you become passionate about it. So I say do it backwards. Be in your restaurant and be there. Mm-hmm. Be there in your physical body. Be there in your mind. Be there in your heart and be there in your action. Be good in what you're doing. And then you'll become passionate about it. And then you're going to want to do it more and better and even faster. And you'll fall back in love with your business. You put love and action together and it's an unstoppable force to use a quote <laughs> from someone I know and love. <laughs> well, thank you. But also just to point out, like when you have, when you fall in love with something first, we're going to dive deeper into this in the interview. Um, you know, you attract greatness to yourself. You attract opportunity to yourself. But first, you have to be grateful and have that love. So um, I don't want to dive too deep into some of these topics because we're going to cover it all. Uh, but today, we're going to be talking about the six ways you can fall back in love with your restaurant. Because I know, um, like, you probably can relate and so many people listening, Misty – we have this beautiful grand picture of what it's going to be like when we open our restaurant and we're all Mm -hmm. grateful for it, but it's a struggle and it's easy to Mm -hmm. fall out of love. So that's Mm -hmm. why uh, it's a, it's a out of your book, chapter three, we're going to dive into it and just really tear it apart and uh, take away some value from this interview. So let's talk about um, in the the book, you did a great job comparing uh, how falling in love with your restaurant is like falling in love with a lover or a person in your life. So talk to us about, um, you know, you falling in love with Gary and how that was like, you know, the experience of falling in love with the squeeze in. <laughs> oh my gosh. That is such a great story. How I fell in love with this guy. He's just the most amazing guy. I mean, first of all, he walked in the door with a surfboard, you know, he sort of sauntered in, he strutted in with a surfboard and you know, I was 17 and he was 21. And there was just like, Oh dude, there's a guy with surfboards, you know? <laughs> and, and I, it was really, really like one of those things. And, and we just sort of locked eyes for a quick second. He walked in with two other friends and, they dropped the surfboard off, and then they turned around and they walked out. There were no words exchanged, maybe a glance, maybe a hi. You know, there was no conversation. And uh, and then, and then, But there was something instant about it, right? So the first thing for falling in love with Gary was there was this visual thing. And then there was this, I don't know, just this idea that there, I, I just seen somebody that was akin to Adonis, you know? I mean, it was, just, it was wonderful in every way. So I do think there is such a thing as love at first sight. Well, it helps, that, other- it helps that you were the fox on the couch, Misty. <laughs> That's right. He said that. He, he went and left with his friends. They went back down to go back to the house where they were coming from the surfboard. And he said, hey, I got a boogie, man. There's a fox on the couch. And he turned back around and he, and he came back up to the house. And, and literally, I mean, we just, we were bonded from that moment mm-hmm. on. And that's, we're now in our 37th year of marriage. And so for us, you know, it was a visual thing to begin with. And then it was an auditory thing. I heard his voice and I felt his touch and I, 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 you know, hung out with him. I felt my heart. I felt 
I just, it was just wonderful. And I think that's the same thing that happens when we fall in love with things. You know, people is one thing, I mean, because people respond back to us in ways that are fabulous and wonderful. But things, we can attribute those same kinds of love actions to. And, and for me, it's like when I walked into the squeeze in the very first time. Now, the squeeze in is this tiny little place. It's 10 feet, 3 inches wide and 62 feet deep. And the time that we bought it, it had 44 chairs and 12 tables. That was it. Tiny little place. So take us through the and, process of falling in love with that space. Oh, my gosh. Well, for me, it was, again, like just like with Gary, it was a visual thing. I walked in, and it just was freaking cute. You know, it was just cute. It was like stepping back into the 1970s. And then it smelled so good. I mean, it was bacon and eggs and broccoli and toast and omelets and burritos. It just, I don't know, it just had this smell. But just It was like walking into mom's or grandma's mm-hmm. kitchen. It was just fantastic. And then it, it's kind of crazy because the servers at the time weren't that friendly, frankly. I mean, maybe at the very, very beginning, they were still a little friendly. But as time went on, at the time we bought the place, we called the servers the Mountain Mamas. I mean, they, they would come up to your table and, what do you have, hon? You yeah. know, I don't even know if they said, hon. It was just, what do you have? You know, and they scratch out your order. And then they would just sort of plop your food down in front of you. But the food was so good. Mm-hmm. We kept going back and going back. So we were in love with it, even though there were some warts, like the Mountain Mamas. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I hope that when you're listening to this, if you're in your restaurant, if you opened your first restaurant recently or not so recently, or if there's a place you have your eye on that you want to open, like, what are the things that you are falling in love with? I know you can, like, kind of resonate with what Misty's saying here, but it, it's... The thing that we're going to talk about today is falling out of love. And I think that's something we can all just, you know, it's so easy to do because we we hold our first restaurant or our restaurant on a pedestal in the beginning because it's our dream. It's what we want. And it's up there on that pedestal. But then reality sinks in. <laughs> and, uh, you know, talk to us about, uh, I mean, some of the dark days you might have had, Misty, where you couldn't even make it into your restaurant. I mean, you... you Quickly talk about it in the book, but take us through some of those times where you started to really go through the the, the tougher times in the early on. Oh, my gosh. Well, really early on. I mean, I was so filled with enthusiasm and excitement and love for this thing. And, and you know, it comes back to this idea, right, of, of coupling love and action. Mm-hmm. If you're going to stay in love with your restaurant, you have to take action. So literally very early on, day 11, I realized there's some real stinky something going on in Denmark. And... Our accountant who had been with the company, well, she's a bookkeeper, actually, had been with the company for 26 years. You know, there were weird things that were going on, deposits that weren't recorded and stuff that was missing and just regular accounting things that didn't happen. So I let her go on day 11. I was like, I don't care if she's been here 26 years. The business was hemorrhaging, and she was obviously not part of the solution. Mm -hmm. That was a dark period for me. And, in fact, it set me down the path of a pretty dark period because I'm not an accountant. Yeah. I'm not. I mean, the thing is, I don't know anything about accounting. I'm good. I'm okay with numbers. I love numbers, actually, but I'm not an accountant. And Mm so I started down this path, and and I began, I had all this love for the squeeze in and took all this action. And so I said, oh, I can do anything. I can build a QuickBooks, you know, program. I can manage our books. I can do the payroll. And I did it. Mm. I totally did it. But what happened was every time QuickBooks came on and said, oh, hey, do you want to categorize it this way? Yes. Do you want to add that category? (laughs) Sure. I just took whatever default happened. And so that took us down this other path that took a few years for us to straighten out. We had to literally kind of go back and redo. There was nothing ill or evil or or untoward in our books. There was just, you know, this happy-go-lucky, excited, in-love person with a business who said, yeah, sure, do all these things. And it wasn't the right accounting-wise. 
life for mm-hmm. the business. So, man, that took us tens of thousands of dollars later a couple of years. And I'll tell you, you know, when you're talking about being in the downtimes of your business, when you've got to spend $25,000 to have somebody unravel what you did in your enthusiasm, gosh, there's, an, there's a saying that says, you know, uh, enthusiasm on fire is better than knowledge on ice. Mm. And I get that, and I love that, and I love enthusiasm on fire. But it cost me twenty five grand to get it cleaned up. Yeah, you know, that's twenty five grand I couldn't put into some kind of other fun thing, like a vacation or something. You know, absolutely. It's, like, it's action again. It's action that takes you out of those places of when you're in your downtimes or when you're not in love. First, you can shift to gratitude, and then you can shift to action, and bam, 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 you get it done. Absolutely. I mean, maybe your story is a little bit different when you started to fall out of uh, your restaurant. I know you also mentioned, I think it was either a heater or a refrigerator or uh, some kind of, yeah, like there's little things that can happen. Like so many things that you don't take into consideration when you're opening a restaurant Like there's under every rock, there seems to be a problem. And it's like, you just, (laughs) you got to stay positive. And that's what we're going to talk about today is staying positive, staying uh, just pumped up about what you have and being fortunate and grateful for this thing that you fell in love with. Like a relationship, like you're, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, relationships aren't always perfect. So, but it's up to you to work for that love and just like mm-hmm. in a relationship with your restaurant. So today yep. we're going to talk about, like I said, the six things you can do to fall back in love with your restaurant in case you fell out of love. And the first thing, and I'm paraphrasing uh, chapter three out of Missy's book here. The first thing is systems. So talk to us about systems and how you use systems to fall back in love with your restaurant. Oh, gosh, I'm so glad you brought that up, Eric. It, it's one of those things that I really believe is the ultimate foundational truth in a restaurant is if you don't have systems, then wh- why would you operate that way, right? Why mm-hmm. would you recreate the wheel every single day? Talk about falling out of love quickly. When you wake up and you don't have a system, you have to do the same thing over and over and over and over and over again. Shoot me, right? I mean, who wants <laughs> to do that? It, it's, in your kitchen, you have a system, right? There's a cooking line. The ticket goes in the window. The cook brings it down. He calls out what needs to be done. There's a system in the kitchen. But we all think, you know, in the restaurant, there's just, oh, as long as the system in the kitchen is good, I'm good. No, you're not good. You need a system for your culture, for the people that work with you and for you and around you and supply you and your guests. You need a loyalty system. You need a marketing system. You need products and services systems. You need inventory. You've got to have all of these systems in place because the ultimate language in our business is numbers, mm-hmm. the ultimate language. That's the, that's the language we speak. And without systems, we can't drill down to the numbers. And without numbers, we can't create a scorecard. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, it's so important. And, um, I mean, one thing, too, that I want to bring up, which is worth pointing out, too, like, you need to go into developing systems. With that same fire you have opening your restaurant and constantly refining your systems, too. And it seems like that's something that you use to focus on developing those systems is one way, I mean, to keep the relationship fresh, uh, you know, to keep it, you know, I mean, things might get boring in like, in like in your personal life with a relationship. What can you do to keep the, the relationship interesting and refining those systems is one thing you can do. And I kind of picked up on that in the book too. Right. And, and I really do believe if you're not refining, you're declining. And so we built, you know, early on, I built systems for everything. I built systems and when I'm talking about systems, it can be literally as easy as putting up a clipboard that shows what you order on what day, 
who is the vendor, what's their phone number information. Now, this is old school, right? This is 11 or 12 years ago. I wasn't so sophisticated to have all this on my laptop or on my computer or mm-hmm. on the point-of-sale system. Now, of course, we systematize all that stuff, too. But even at the early stages, it was a clipboard that showed what day you ordered, what products, and what day they were delivered. Mm-hmm. That helps everybody. Keep oh, us yeah. all literally on the same page, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, even just having a checklist or a process right now so you can back yourself up is can go right. so far. I mean, I come from – you might think that a checklist or something like that might be belittling or you don't think I can handle this on my own and I need a checklist. Look, I, I have a, an aviation background. I was a commercial pilot, and those are some smart guys in those planes, and they use checklists too because we're human. We miss things. We forget right. to do stuff, and it can save so much time and money if you just – back yourself up with a simple checklist so absolutely and you know what before you go on there's a really great um guy that i really i want to mention this gentleman his name is atul gawande atul a-t-u-l gawande g-a-w-a-n-d-e and he wrote a book in 2009 called the checklist manifesto Mm -hmm. everybody's like why are you going to read a book about checklists yes (laughs) this guy this guy's a doctor you know he's a doctor he's a surgeon uh i I believe he's a a graduate of uh, oh i want to say harvard i don't know for sure i can't remember but the guy's phenomenal he writes this book called the checklist manifesto which i read it's all about surgical stuff it's all about operations it's about keeping people alive Mm -hmm. but i applied everything in that book to keeping my restaurant alive and thriving and growing it's, I highly recommend the book. Absolutely. The Manifesto. Absolutely. And Owen from Sweet Process. Um, if, can you remember his last name, Misty? I'm gonna. I'm afraid um, to say it. It's like you know. You. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I do remember his last name. And let me look it up really quick because I might actually be able to say it. I don't know. I, Owen. My, Owen. And I'll and i Regardless, he's an, an awesome guy. <laughs> my tongue gets <laughs> tied up every time I try to say it. But he was a yeah. past guest on the show too. Sweet process, and that's another tool you can use. And he recommended that book as well. And I read that book, and I agree with Misty. It's a must read uh, to get the yep. just to understand the significance of how like how powerful systems can be. So moving on, yeah. so we can fit in all these six things. Uh, so I know you have places to be and things to do, <laughs> Misty. So the, the <laughs> second thing that you can do to fall in love with your restaurant is have gratitude. So talk to us about how important gratitude is, Misty. Oh, my gosh. Gratitude is the thing that causes your immediate shift. You know, you can't be grateful and hateful at the same time. So you can't be in your restaurant angry with your guest or angry with an associate who showed up late or someone who didn't come. You just can't be in gratitude and, and, in, and in anger at the same time. The moment you shift into gratitude, you, you begin to see with new eyes. And when you begin to see with new eyes, you can look at your restaurant and look around it and see all the good things that it does for you. Maybe you don't make enough money. Maybe you've got other issues going on. But if you can stop looking at those things and start looking at the good things, you've got good guests who come in. You've got associates that show up when you don't have to. I know that was why I built systems. So I didn't mm-hmm. have to be at work. So I could be on the radio with Eric Cacciatore and Restaurant <laughs> Unstoppable. There's five restaurants running all over Northern California and Nevada, and I'm not there. I'm very grateful for that. I never work in operations anymore, and I'm grateful for that. And I built the systems to make that happen. My gratitude propelled all of those things. Really and truly, I'm most grateful for my systems. I know that sounds so trite, but it's really true. And I'm grateful for my associates. See, I think most of us get so focused on our guests. It's all about the guests, the guests, the guests, the guests. 
Well, yes, but it's also about your associates in public relations, which is where my background, my deep background is in PR. What we learned is there's two audiences. There's an internal audience and an external audience. And the number one most important audience ever is your internal audience. Mm -hmm. And when you can focus your gratitude on your internal audience, your associates, your cooks, your dishwashers, your hosts and servers and your suppliers, things start happening. Your graciousness changes people around you. Mm -hmm. You don't have to change them. They'll change themselves when you change yourself. Absolutely. And you keep on talking about focusing uh, on the wrong place, but I think another (laughs) place we get focused on is on like our goals in the future and we always have this picture of where we want to be because let's face it most people who open a restaurant are very driven uh action oriented people and if they're not at the place they want to be where they think they should be in their mind they get discouraged but they don't take the time to stop and like you say just be grateful for what they have accomplished and sometimes we forget about mm-hmm. how lucky we are to have those things what oh, do you think about yes. that Oh, I love that. Of course. We we're all so lucky. We own restaurants. We have, or maybe we're going to open a restaurant. The, the people that are attracted to this podcast are people that are ambitious and eager to do something of their own with their own time. How wonderful is that? The vast majority <laughs> of people in the world are sheep, and they want to go work for someone else and let someone else lead them. No, the people on this podcast are going to go do it themselves. They should be extremely grateful just for that to begin with. Mm-hmm. You know, John Maxwell, one of my favorite leadership instructors, says, while we don't always get what we want, we always get what we choose. Mm. And so we can always choose to be gracious. We can always choose to be in a, a mode of gratitude. We can choose to be generous. We don't have to be angry and hateful and spiteful. Yeah, are there problems? Absolutely. But if we stay focused on those, we can't stay focused in gratitude. And gratitude is the place where things can get fueled up like rocket fuel. Bam, you can move forward so much faster when you're in a place of grace. Yeah, absolutely. So next time you're like just frustrated or not happy because of where you are, just take a minute and turn around and look where you came from and where how far you've come from where yeah. you started. And that can go f- so far. That can help you really just be grateful. And then you also share another uh, helpful <laughs> tool or trick to uh, establish gratitude. Write down five things you're thankful for about your restaurant and five things you're thankful for in your life because of your restaurant. Um, so that's ten yeah. things to write down. And that can really help just getting you um, re-centered in aligned with uh, being on the right track to gratitude. Uh, it's totally true, and it's such an easy thing to do. I mean, you can easily write a list of five things you're grateful for. I just said I'm grateful for my associates because they're there working right now, pouring mm-hmm. coffee, slopping eggs the whole bit, and I'm not there, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and I say slopping eggs in a very generous, loving way. I mean, you know, it's like how we say in the business, like we're slinking ash, you know? <laughs> <laughs> awesome stuff. So the next yeah. thing, the third thing you can do to fall back in love with your restaurant is to give more. Uh, uh, to your business, to everyone. Talk to us about the, the power of giving. Well, first off, I want to say we are in business to make money, no doubt about it. So a lot of people will say, oh, you know, I went into business to make friends, or they just won't address the money issues. The bottom line is you're in business for the bottom line. Mm-hmm. And so you've got to stay focused on that. But do it in a way that's generous. You know, um, Bob Farrell, who just recently passed away with the uh, – 
start, you know, the, the gentleman who started up Farrell's ice cream parlors, and he had this whole theory of just give them the pickle, right? Give them the pickle. <laughs> you don't you don't go into Seven Eleven or to a convenience store and order up a whole bunch of stuff and have it put in the bag and then say, oh, by the way, you know, would you throw in that gum on, mm-hmm. over there? Could you throw in that gum and, and, and a pack of cigarettes? That doesn't work that way. So your guests have to pay for what they receive. They have to pay for what they order, but that doesn't mean you can't send them a thank you card. How wonderful and generous is that? How kind is that? What a mm-hmm. loving way to just send them, I mean, in the mail, a handwritten thank you card. I have, I do this, and I get thank you cards from people sending me a thank you for my thank you card. There's other ways you can give. You can give to your associates. You can throw little parties. You can toss parties and toss out fun things. You know, we have $100 a month in each location that the manager just has discretion to do whatever the manager wants with. I don't even need to be reported back. If she felt or he felt that someday somebody earned an extra tip, bam, they can just tip that out. They could take the whole hundred bucks and give it to one person. They could throw a pizza party. They could buy presents. They could get magazines or iTunes gift cards. Our goal is to say be generous and giving and loving, not only to your associates, but your guests. Strive to be that restaurant that your guests feel like they get more value than anything when they're there. And make it about the experience. You know, if you come to the squeeze-in, you're going to pay at least $15 for an omelet and a cup of coffee. And you could go downtown in any of the cities that we're in and get that for a whole lot less money. So you might say, well, how is that being generous? Well, you know, it's, it's being generous with the love. When people walk in that door, they feel connected. They feel loved. There's an experience. We're generous with our hearts to begin with. And we're there to make a living. So be generous and be kind, and that will be reciprocated in your business. Yeah, and I want to share a line from the book, Misty. Um, and you're pretty much you're, you're kind of taking the book, uh, The Go-Giver, and you're, you're sharing the thoughts. You're paraphrasing the thoughts from that book, and you're talking about how you mm-hmm. can uh, give back to your business. And um, Well, first you start with how it's like attracting a lover. Like what do you do to successfully woo a lover? You're right. You give, you serve, you influence, you offer, you receive. You give energy, mm-hmm. attention, eye contact, mm-hmm. active listening, flowers, mm-hmm. presents. Um, and this is what you give to a, a lover. Then you write, it is the same process for falling back in love with your restaurant. You have to actively mm-hmm. give feelings, energy, <clears throat> attention, look at it with new eyes, listen with new ears, mm-hmm. and give it presence such as updated leadership, marketing, financial operations, and product systems. Or- Isn't that amazing? <laughs> Isn't that amazing how that cycle happens? Mm-hmm. You know, how that cycle happens. Because that's exactly what happens when you, you know, you're trying to woo a lover. You're like, oh, you know, I'll, I'll look a little better. I'll dress a little better. Maybe I'll exercise. You know, what if you do all those things in your business? What if you tidy it up? What if you get under there and, you know, blow out all the compressors in your kitchen instead of waiting for something to get down? What if you exercise? And you feel better and you go, I'm really serious. You know, so many of us restaurant owners, we get into this thing about, oh, I've got all these cooks and they prepare food for me and I don't have time. Oh, I don't have time. You know, my hand is on the back of my forehead. I don't have time. Yes, you do. You have to be in love with yourself so you can be in love with the business. So don't don't be fat. Don't be lazy. Don't be overworked and underpaid and totally exhausted. Get after it. Get your physical body in shape. Mm-hmm. Fall in love with yourself so you can fall in love with your business so your guests and associates can do the same thing. <laughs> it's a cycle. You know, it's a circle, and it works. I mean, it just works, and physical fitness is such an important basis of it, and I don't talk about the physical fitness aspect much in the in my book. Absolutely. But I think it's really critical. 
Absolutely, I agree with you 100%. And just one thought to kind of wrap up this part of the the six things, the third thing is giving. I mean, are you getting out of your business what you want? And if you're, if the answer is no, if you're not getting out of your business what you want, ask yourself, if I'm, am I putting into my business, am I giving to my business what it needs to get out? And you first have to, the whole premise of that book is you need to give first before you get. get it. Yeah, so, that's right. So um, just a thought to kind of wrap on, wrap this section up on, and then moving on to the fourth thing you can do to fall in love with your business, like you write, is loving more. So talk to us about the power of just loving more and starting with love and working love into your life. Well, gosh, you know, I really believe that the world is full of lovers and haters. They're both out there, right? And we can wake up every morning, go check Yelp out and see what people said about us. I hate Yelp, and I make no bones about it. I never go look at it. Why? Because it brings that kind of negativity. So I just, why would I even put that into my field? I won't put it into my field. I won't put it into my mindset, my energy. So when I wake up and think about my restaurant, literally, the first thing I say is, I'm so thankful for my associates, you know? Mm -hmm. I'm so thankful for my guests. So it comes back to gratitude. But I love them. I really do love them. And at first when I bought the restaurant, I thought, well, I went to an event, actually, and someone asked at the event, it was the leader of the event, said, you know, if people raise your hands, why why do we love our uh, why do we love our customers is what he said. And I thought, well, I love my customers because they bring me money. But that's just not it. I love my guests, and there's a different kind of language that says, I don't love customers, I love guests. I love my guests because they give me the lifestyle that I want to live and because I get to serve them too. So if we come at it from love first, you know, you can you start from that premise. That's what you're going to get. Willie Nelson, and I know you know this because it's in in the book. <laughs> Willie Nelson says once you pre- replace negative thoughts with positive ones, you'll start having positive results. Mm-hmm. And I really believe that. Like I don't watch TV, I don't watch news, I don't read the newspapers. I just don't do it. I selectively find the information that I need, and I pay attention to that because if I'm looking at the murders and the robberies and the earthquakes and the this and the that, the dread of the world, man, that'll take you down. Absolutely. I think they focused on love. It's a great segue into the fifth thing you can do to fall back in love, and that is to isolate yourself from negativity. And I think Mm -hmm. it's so easy to get sucked into negativity, but it takes a lot of self-control and a lot of uh, just discipline to say no, to put that wall up when you find yourself being negative. So talk to us about why negativity is so bad. Oh, my gosh, it just drags me down. I mean, we know, and this is not some hippie woo-woo thing, everything is energy. Mm-hmm. Everything is energy. So, you know, if you have a high and positive vibration, then you resonate with a high and positive vibration. If, if you're a negative, downtrodden person and you go and add more negativity to it, that just spirals it out of control. I mean, look at the, you know, the necessity now in our culture for antidepressants and medications to help people change their being when what they could do is start each day from a place of love and gratitude and turn off the news and stop watching that stuff and start by writing something in the morning that says, I am so happy and thankful now that la la la, fill in the blank and stay focused on that. When you get focused on that, put up a vision board in your bedroom Mm -hmm. that shows all the things you're thankful for and grateful for. You know, a vision board is a simple thing. It could be a list of words or it could be magazine pictures or it could be what I do, which is a combination of those things and hand drawings. Every single thing I put on my vision board comes true without fail. I just have to now take down three vision boards in my bedroom because they're all done. 
They are mm -hmm. all done, every single one of them. They're coming down, and a brand new one's going up. You know, that's pretty cool, including a brand new Tesla P85. <laughs> it was on my vision board. I took possession of it. it five weeks ago. <laughs> I'm so. That is awesome. And, Missy, I have a confession. This morning, I woke up after working a 40-hour weekend. Uh, that's not a week, a week, a 40-hour weekend. So, uh, waking up. Yeah, so I woke up. I was tired this morning. I thought to myself, all I want to do today is just lay in bed <laughs> and recover from this weekend. And I was like, oh, I have a meeting. I have an interview with Misty. And I was like, wait, why am I sad about this? Like, why am I up? Like, this is going to be a great <laughs> interview. Like, I'm so grateful to have another interview with Misty Young to talk about this incredible yeah. book and the people I'm going to help. And I instantly snapped my, out of it. And it's, you know, I started in that negative place. Like, oh, I just want to have a day off. And I instantly mm -hmm. said, you know what? Get away from that negativity. Be grateful for what you have and what you can do. Yes. And if you find yourself doing that in the morning, if you're waking up, you have to go to work again. Like think about the people you can touch, the people you can help um, by just being positive. Who you know, you can influence so many people in a restaurant every day, especially if it's a breakfast place like you had. Absolutely, absolutely. And here's the thing that I love the most: we can do it if we decide to do it intentionally. Mm -hmm. And that's the big key here. It's an intentional thing. We don't just wake up and hope maybe that we're going to be gratitude, you know, gracious or hope maybe that, you know, we're going to have a great day. No, we intend it. We intentionally set ourselves up that way. In fact, you know, Deepak Chopra says that humans have an average of 65,000 thoughts each day. I love this because then he goes on, he says, the problem is that 95% of them are the same thoughts they had the day before. So what my, my best thought is to think something new. And to remember, if we're going to have a goal to fall back in love with our restaurants, we fuel that with love and gratitude. So when you wake up, you, you do exactly what you just did. You said, I was negative. I was, you know, bummed out. I had a 40-hour work weekend, and I didn't, you know, I didn't want to do this. And then I thought, oh, yeah, I have something to be grateful for. It's going to be fun. And I hope <laughs> it is fun, you know? Absolutely. I know it's high energy. That's for sure. Absolutely. So we all can do that, right? I mean, thinking about that quote, this is my all-time favorite quote. It's worth repeating it. While we don't always get what we want we always get what we choose so mm -hmm. choose well and choose intentionally absolutely i love it and we're going to move on to the sixth and last thing you can do to fall in love or to stay in love with your restaurant and it might seem a little confusing because it's very similar to number four which is love more but number six is start with love and specifically what i'm talking about here is working love into your culture and working love into your why and purpose um and talk to us about mm. why that's important well here's a great example our restaurant is open 363 days of the year we're closed on thanksgiving and christmas those are the two days of the year that we're closed and on thanksgiving morning we get up all the owners get up and we drive to one of the restaurants where we prepare a breakfast and mimosas and Bloody Marys for all of our associates. We feed them and their families and every guest they have in town, and we do it for free mm -hmm. because we're thankful for them and because we love them. And here's something else we do. This is an interesting thing. On that day, the owners write letters to the associates' families, and we say to mom and dad or spouse or kids, thank you so much for sharing your person with us. Your person helps us make something bigger in this community. So so you stay focused on love, and you love your people, and guess what happens? It's a real amazing thing. It's unbelievable. They love you back. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's just like all of a sudden you have what we call this love fest in the restaurants. You know, when I walk into my restaurants and I don't get in them very often, you know, it might be a couple months between visits to one or more of the locations and I walk in, my associates hug me. Mm-hmm. They hug me, you know, and that, and that's not because, you know, oh, I got my paycheck and she signed it. I don't sign them anymore. But, you know, they love me because I make an effort to be part of their lives in a meaningful way. And I make it my business to put people first. They're in the center of everything we do. Mm-hmm. It's right at the center of that star of action, right? You stand on a firm foundation of operations and financials, but love and the people are the focus of it all. Your guests and associates right in the middle. I love it. And I mean, I'm in your, you're dancing around it, but I'm gonna come out and say it straightly. When you build a business on a foundation of love and it's worked into your culture, you might have a bad day. You might be veering off course, but everyone in your restaurant, if you have that culture there, they're going to bring you back to center. That's, and like you said, if you love, they love you. And if you're getting love, you're going to love them back and you're going to realign to that power of love and how you'll you'll just continue being in love with your restaurant if you work it into the culture and the foundation. Um, and exactly. And you know what, Eric? Here's the really cool thing. It doesn't mean you can't be a, a capitalist. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that. You know, it means that you can go out and say, I love money, too. Mm-hmm. There's no reason not to say, I love money. I do love money. I think money's awesome. It gives me the opportunity to do a lot of great things in life. Like yesterday, I'm standing at a department store, and this guy is fumbling with his credit card to buy this vacuum. It's the only thing he's got, and his credit card doesn't work. I'm sorry, sir, the card has declined. And so he starts typing in the numbers, and she takes the rest of it. I'm sorry, sir, the card is still declined. And so he pulls out his wallet, and he's digging through, and I hear we walked forward to the front of the line, passed by somebody, swiped my card, and I said, let me see if this one will work. I'll buy it for you. <laughs> that's what money can do for you. Absolutely. And that's how you can express love to other people. It shouldn't be in the guy's face. He just looked at me, and I said, oh, really? Yeah, let's see if it works. And I pressed in my four digits, and thing popped up. And she goes, wow, what great karma. And the guy was like, you, you, you didn't have to do that. And I said, I know. I wanted to. Have a great day. <laughs> and I went back and got in my place in line and waited for my turn. It was awesome. Money gives of options. And so can we love our restaurants? Yes. Can we love our people? Yes. Can we love money? Yes. Because it gives us the chance to do more, serve more, be more gracious. It gives us options. Absolutely. I love it. And I love your energy right now. And we've covered all six of the the six things you can do to fall back in love and stay in love with your restaurant. And I kind of want to end this interview on, um, because you might be listening to Misty and I and just being like, what are these two smoking? Why are they, what, why are they so <laughs> just like, I want some of that. And like, what's love have to do with running a business? But um, just right. to bring it back to Danny Myers, hosp- you know, setting the table and the focus he has on hospitality. I mean, if you look at the the word hospitality and you break it down, the definition, you know, it's, it's the friendly and generous reception in entertaining ent- entertainment of guest visitors and strangers. But the synonyms are friendliness, hospitableness, warmth, welcome, mm-hmm. kindness, mm-hmm. generosity, geniality, courtesy, like all those words are dancing around love. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I think like love is like the purest form of hospitality. Um, and that's mm-hmm. why it's so important. And that's why you need to go out and get Misty's book from rags to restaurants. I mean, this is just one chapter that we covered and there's a lot of great, just tricks of the trades, uh, how to get into the mentality, how to, to look at life, how to be grateful for what you have and how to attract 
what you want in life onto you. So if that sounds like something you need or something you want, then definitely check out this book. Um, do you have any last thoughts, Misty? I do. I want to say, you know, there's going to be some people on the podcast that are saying, oh, my gosh, I don't know, I, you know, this book, it's all going to be about love, it's touchy-feely, here's what I want to say. Go on Amazon and look at how many reviews are there. Every single review, more than two dozen, every single one of them, this is a five-star review. And there's a reason for that, because this book, this book was written with love in mind. It was written with love for all of the independent restaurant owners that are out there that are struggling. And there are answers in this book that can help you take your restaurant to the next level and help you move your life into a place of love and graciousness. There's no reason to be sweating and slaving and, and angry. You have the tools are there. The tools are in this book. There's a 90-day hack list to success in the book. There's a lot of great stuff in there, and I'm eager to be of service. So thank you, Eric, for letting me be <laughs> no with you today and serve your serve your audience. I really appreciate it. It's my pleasure, and we're recording this on Monday, and I have plans to dedicate a Talking Tuesday to this book, which is going to be my, my project for tomorrow. And then this episode will be going live on Thursday, because the truth is I wanted to discuss, I wanted to discuss the entire book with Misty, but a half hour, 45 minutes is not enough time. And um, you will be getting a summary of this book uh, before this, inter- this interview goes live. So um, <laughs> this is just to show you how much I love the book. And that is everything, Misty. Thank you so much for coming back on the show to continue to be so generous with your time and your wisdom and your mentorship. There's no question you are unstoppable. <laughs> Oh, thank you so much. I'm glad to be here and hope to be helpful to your audience as well. Cheers. Thank you so much. You have been. There you go. Another episode wrapped up. I hope you guys found value in today's discussion with Misty Young. She is just an awesome lady filled with positivity and love and um, we can all learn a lot from just listening to her and uh, just life lessons. But Again, just the six things you can do to uh, fall back in love with your restaurant. And I really think if you do these six things every day, you will never fall out of love with your restaurant, which is really um, a better approach, probably. And Misty alluded to this during the interview that, no, this book isn't just a woo-woo love session. Like, there's, she shares a lot of great knowledge, and she has her five irrefutable laws of restaurant success, and they are leadership, operations, financial, products and service, and marketing. So she really covers a lot. So if woo-woo is not for you, then, you know, it's, it's not just a woo-woo book. So don't be so quick to write it off. Awesome stuff. If you want to check out the things we spoke about in this episode, head over to restaurantunstoppable.com slash 179. This is episode 179. Hard to believe. Uh, I'll have links to the books we recommended in this episode. Uh, We also talked a little bit about QuickBooks and Sweet Process, which has been on the show, mentioned a few times on the show. Sweet Process is a great tool, guys, to get your systems developed. If you have an existing restaurant, or even a restaurant that's been going for a few months, and you want to document your systems, your standard operating procedures, check out Sweet Process. It's an app that that helps you through the process of getting your systems uh, documented. Uh, definitely worth checking out. And if you do want to check that out, please use my links. Go to restaurantunstoppable.com slash sweet process, all one word, sweet process, and uh, follow the steps there 
to get a free 28-day trial. Um, you can probably get all of your systems and processes documented in that free 28 days, so it's definitely worth checking out. Uh, and if you do use my links, I am an affiliate with Sweet Process. They will kick me a little something extra at no extra expense to you. It's just how we keep this show free, so please do use those links and support the show. And with that said, there are multiple other ways to support the show. You can head over to restaurantunstoppable.com support, make a small donation, or just go over to iTunes and please leave a five-star review uh, that really helps with getting recognized and with my rankings. And uh, another way to support the show is just to reach out to me. I'm always looking for new guests to have on the show, mentors to teach us lessons. So just let me know and I'll make it happen. Okie dokie. Thank you again, Misty Young, for coming on the show. Just so pumped up after talking to you. I want to have you on the show once a month just so I can stay pumped. Because uh, that's what happens when you come on the show. Alright, that's all I have today. Until next time, peace out.